Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. It's live on Sundays over here. And if you guys are one of the new viewers that have you know seen our content recently, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have a big show this week. And then don't forget to smash the likes and click subscribe. What's our uh, lead story? We have some Cannabis Consumption Lounge news out of Missouri. And then we have uh, Maryland news. Maryland's very big right now in the uh, in the, in the industry. By the way, uh, CBD and uh, hemp derivatives. Top alcohol officials are lobbying for that. Uh, cannabis retailer denied citizenship and plans a SCOTUS appeal. And then we have a 420 somewhere. And after that, Jeff Hoffman from New York, the cannabis lawyer that you can ask anything on LinkedIn about New York cannabis, is going to be joining us to talk about the shit show that is New York cannabis. And then we have uh, Twilio cutting some stuff. That's happened to us too. Uh, and we're just a service provider. Uh, Verano has filed a suit in Alabama. Uh, we have a study about youths from normal. We have uh, 
news out of Colorado. We got to name that strain. We have some financial news and even an international story regarding illicit stuff that happened in Maine from China. So let's get into a new cannabis legalization news. Thanks for tuning in. What's Ooh. up, Miggy? Happy Sunday. Happy yeah, Sunday man. to you and to everybody else in the cannabis universe. So I, I just uploaded those new uh, sounds. Here, check it out. Got some new sounds for us? We got to get a new um, theme music for, for the podcast. Uh, and then maybe StreamYard will allow us to stream in 4K. That might be coming here soon in cannabis nice. legalization news. But uh, our, our big story out of the week for the month it's not vote for the month, by the way, uh, is out of Missouri. Missouri has been doing some great things in the industry and making a lot of strides. And this one's out of the Godpreneur. Shout out to them and TJ Branfield. And that's not the right one. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Officials in St. Louis, Missouri are considering allowing cannabis lounges, which is yeah. pretty sweet. Look at so Missouri being ahead. Yeah. St. Louis Post Dispatch is the source of this cannabis legalization news. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, look at Missouri just being ahead of Washington, <laughs> one of the first states that legalized it. Yes, well, um, they looked and they made it a business and they made it good for the people of Missouri. And so we have a quote from Alderbic, Aldermanic president. Wow. I did not know that there were the Aldermanic presidents, but uh, huh. in St. Louis, they must have aldermen instead of city council members. Mm. And so Aldermanic President Megan Green told the St. Louis Business Journal that lounges have the potential to provide an economic boom for the city. What? I know, right? And then she goes on to say, if St. Louis is a little more lax in regulations and allows more of the cannabis industry to take hold here, it means that not only people from across the state may come, but perhaps tourism from states like Illinois, where people are looking for products at a lower cost than in their state. Uh, she said to the journal. Uh, now, that may happen. I mean, like Illinois is the most expensive state currently in the country. Uh, it, it goes down. Like There's more competition in Missouri. And so that can explain why Missouri's prices are a little bit lower. As the competition comes up, the, the price tends to go down. Illinois just doesn't have very much competition right now when it comes to products. Well, they probably also like money. I just saw the other day, and I don't see it in our show notes, but uh, Michigan pulled in like $5 billion so far in taxes or something insane. Billions? Well, yeah. Well, they had a banner month in July. They sold over $200 million, uh, in cannabis sales, and then they don't have like a lot of tourism, I don't think. I mean, they don't really have a lot of borders, uh, maybe from Indiana, Canada, maybe some right? from Ohio. Why would you go from Canada to America to buy weed when you can just if, buy weed in Canada? But, I mean, you know, Michigan's weed might be better. <laughs> I don't Perhaps. know, you know. Quality Michigan or quality. does have a great... they they got some good quality. Michigan's got good quality. Yeah. No, so that... I mean, that's just outstanding news. I uh, definitely might make a trip to Missouri one day, willingly. Well, when you're coming to visit the shop in Illinois, you can. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I forget right. how close you are to all the other flyover states. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you're going to own a part of a, a dispensary in a flyover state here in a few more months. No, I know. Exciting news, exciting uh, process we're still going through. Uh, we just completed the, the social equity submissions. And now, uh, what is it? We're in like in a, in a weird state, right? Because they haven't required from us so far what they re that they asked from other people as far as social uh, equity applicants. 
the, this will happen in your state too. Like they will change the rules to how to get a cannabis license. And, yeah. um, it, and so they changed the rules to how to get a cannabis license. And now it was be social equity and win a lottery for low cost. And so we were, and now we're in the prove your social equity phase and that ends Monday and we're already there. I thought it was interesting. They didn't specifically ask for our operating agreement for the LLC to document like the 51, 49% ownership. They might, right. cause they'll, they'll invent new things. Um, but then they, they have a 60 day period now to re review our stuff. And then there's like 300 pages plus of an application that we don't have that everybody else who's operating does that right. they were required to have. So will the state require that? Eh, we'll find out. And this is why you need a lawyer, though, because if they do drop the bomb, I mean, you're already prepared. I mean, I'm lucky to be fortunate enough to be have you as a partner. So it's like I just kind of hold my breath and wait most of the time. <laughs> you know, I understand yeah. the process, but no, uh... oh, no, it's uh, it's what they call highly regulated, highly regulated. Uh, and then, you know, there's problems that happen in the cannabis industry. Like our next story, this is a problem that's been solved which nice. is nice because um this they would use this uh, under this new law in maryland the baltimore banner is reporting this is out of uh, baltimore uh, advocates say that this is a step in the right direction but more work is needed nine percent of all newborns exposed to substances were removed from their parents in 2020 compared to six percent in 2022 so uh, under this new law state cannot take away kids solely for the parents cannabis use that's right. Back in the day, if they found out that you were using even cannabis, they would say you're an unfit parent and try to take away your children. And this is Ms. B, a single mother of six, worked hard to change her circumstances that cost her the custody of her children. Well, and I, I've seen it where parents use it against each other, right? It's not just the yep. law and the courts going against you. It's, it's, you would think, you know, this is like one big, great hippy dippy. Everybody smokes weeds. Great. But, uh, no, this is a tool that's used against each other. And it's nice to see Maryland sitting in 2030 for a minute. Yep. Maryland legislation signed by governor Westmore, whom they love down there, by the way, earlier this year went into effect the, the day cannabis became legal for recreational use step in the right direction, uh, advocates say, but that's mm -hmm. great. And so this is a new law that also became law in Maryland when it became legal there in uh, July of 2023. And now you can't use cannabis use alone as basis to take away your kids. And then hopefully also not in, cause they would do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, parents that are feuding, they would say, ah, oh, they smoke weed, test them and give me the kids. Uh, and no, no, it's great. I'm glad they're smoking weed. They could be doing meth. Right. Well, imagine that. I've, I've seen out of their system quicker. Yeah. But like the school systems that even get involved when you have a law that enables people that are not of your family to get involved in your life. You know, that's where I find it funny. Like yesterday I was at an event, you know, uh, supporting Freedom Grow uh, and they're all documenting where stuff. But, uh, oh, uh, here it was a Cantana Festival. Uh, the first oh, I one. I saw about that. The Cantana Festival. How'd that go? It was fun. Um, they didn't get the draw they had. There was an Air Sheridan concert here that pulled in 70,000 70, or something like that. So, I mean, Ed it was Sheeran? Like, yeah, Ed Sheeran, yeah. So, that and Drake this weekend, you had a competition of. And uh, so the draw wasn't there, but it was still fun. It was a good event. But, you know, we got signatures for, for prisoners and, uh, you know, did the usual, um, you know, just helping people awareness. Because a lot of people don't realize they're still, you know, in the hundreds of people locked up. And, Freedom Grow has been helping out forever, but it's been on a 
human level, you know, as far as like what I see, as far as giving prisoners hope, helping their families when they're, uh, you know, like right now they're doing a back to school drive. They're trying to get donations for like backpacks and stuff for people who are locked up for their kids. So, you know, that's how you fight this drug war, at least in my end of things. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's uh, kind of how it goes. Yeah. But Lance Glore's out, right? Or is he getting out? He's still in a halfway house. So, you know, again, once you're in the system, you are a tool of the system and they are effing with him. So, but he is out of prison. He's able to go to a store. He's got an ankle bracelet, but he's only got so much time. He doesn't have real freedom, right? Can't, yeah. you know, and that's why, so that's what I was trying to go with, with, with uh, being at the event yesterday was like, I stopped a lot. A lot of people, a lot of old heads stop. Some young even want to take a picture of me. And it's weird that I have any notoriety just for saying, hey, this law is bad. Right. That's like, right. I mean, just getting our, the country needs to get its head out of his ass as far as like equal treatment. Like at what point will everybody be outraged about like just this bad law that enables bad policing, bad policy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, once yeah, that the, parody the doctors but, can't recommend it. I mean, like, so yeah, I think it's still like the FDA needs to get involved. And so it has to be. We can't have medical cannabis with it in schedule one. There's right. just not any medical cannabis while it's in schedule one and you move it down to schedule three that's there's no infrastructure there for there's no regulatory oversight or infrastructure for it to be in schedule three yeah so they have to figure out something but uh speaking of figuring out something we have uh, a new lobby that's kind of moving in it seems here yeah. we go top alcohol association is giving congress advice on regulating hemp derivatives such as CBD and Delta-8 THC. Oh, good. I'm glad right? that the alcohol industry is stepping up to fill the void. This is being reported out of Marijuana Moment five days ago on August 22nd by Kyle Yeager. Shout out to Marijuana Moment and Kyle Yeager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Congress considers a framework to oversee the nation's cannabis market, a major alcohol association is offering federal lawmakers advice on regulating hemp-derived cannabinoids. I wonder what that advice says. Do we have a quote from the advice? Do we? But it's the Wine and Spirits Association, which is also out here in Washington State. Um, they're pretty mm-hmm. huge. Got a lot of influence. There's the quote. Let me read it. The transition from prohibition to legal status for alcohol has been an American success story, it says. Since the 21st Amendment enactment, a safe, consumer-centric, and economically vibrant marketplace has developed, one serving the needs of both regulators and consumers. While individual regulators have evolved, the basic federal regulatory structure a permitting and tax collection continues to endure. So yeah, fix two eighty. All industry is right. But yeah, they have more. They go as Congress considers a potential regulatory pathway for intoxicating hemp products. American wine and spirits beverages beverage wholesalers believe it is important to share what our industry has learned over time. Encourage you and other legislators to pursue robust reform and regulation. You see, that's what they want. It's like, hey, we get it. You can make stuff from this cbd or this hemp thing that can get you kind of fuzzy we need regulation for it because there ain't none well i just here here's where it gets kind of gray right because it is medicine but it's also a good friday night you know where's the alcohol um what are they worried about in 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 the parts it's abv that's all they worry about there's no other context of alcohol i mean maybe some uh, tainted poisoning i don't know how that would work i mean 
Uh, I just upset. Come on, marijuana moment. You can give one external link. It doesn't have to only be internal links, right? Yeah. No, it looks like they're all internal links, which sucks because, like, I would like to see the actual paper. Yeah. From yeah. like what they published, you know, it's it's. But I get it. They don't want you off their platform. They want you to be marijuana momenting and not like clicking through to the source of the actual thing that they're reporting on. Well, I'm big on, you know, when I write articles, I always include hyperlinks that show like what I'm referencing. I try not to talk a lot of shit without showing where I'm referencing, you know, I, you can make everything up if you want. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can make everything up, but then like they do, oh crap, this is, hey, yeah, show notes. This, well, <laughs> you know, if we had more revenue, somebody could be doing the, um, I'm just on my Mac mini without a mouse so that there's no clicking in the background. Somebody else could be producing the show. It doesn't have to be me. You people watching at home, would you like to be the cannabis uh, legalization news producer of the show so I don't have to do it? Please leave it in the comments. And uh, <laughs> like, subscribe, all that stuff. We need help. Yeah, but you know, we've done pretty good for what? What's been our fifth year now? And uh... no, this is, we aren't even to. Um... 2019 was our first prod broadcast in 2019. Okay. And so I guess we're we're not five, we're four. We're this many. <laughs> and I mean, we've really grown. Um, speaking of growing, I'm getting tired of this Facebook on our page. I, I might have to give up admining for a while because Facebook changed their... Uh, I'm going to do a video on it later. But now I have to individually go to each goddamn page. Oh, look at that. What time it is? Oh, my goodness. Well, that means that it is 20 past the hour and 420 somewhere on the coast uh we have a new story after this hopefully our guest shows he may not though so uh we'll be right back after this important commercial break. my goodness i tell you what uh hey uh this is something i can probably pull up and then we can discuss and and you guys can you guys can follow me over there at linkedin we don't do this i am probably actually streaming this right now we are being streamed i believe on our linkedin show which is kind of fun uh but yeah uh let me see let me go here one of the things that i'm going to be doing is to uh, publish on linkedin so you know follow me over there like stuff like this uh these types of things and one two again if somebody else wants to produce the show they can drop me a line because uh i can't find it and there's i gotta get one of those larger laptops i have too well, many things on top of one another you need an external monitor my friend you need a little mount so you can like, this look is at this is all a this is all a rig dude and so like this isn't where i actually practice i, I practice over there or over there and then sure. so this is just a set uh, that's why i have this this camera this you know, uh, laptop here, but uh, over at um, LinkedIn, I'm going to start blogging through LinkedIn's pro program, uh, getting our license. And so mm. like right now we're at this level and then hopefully we don't get a 10 day and we just move on to the next one. Uh, and they'll say like, Hey, uh, there you go. Uh, your stuff checks out. Oh, where's your operating agreement? You didn't ask for it. Okay. We want it now. Mm. But, um, uh, that's that's where you can find me is over at at that linkedin thing on this right on. Uh, and then uh, speaking of something else you can find on linkedin comes up all the time it's uh it's a jeffrey hoffman and so let's just add him real quick and then he can kind of come in jeff hey. 
Thank New you York. for for yeah, yeah, that's right, New York. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. We really do appreciate it. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Oh, no, you know, a little living busy. The dream. Living the dream. Yeah. All the time. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Hey, how is the New York dream going? Because uh, do I have that stuff queued up? I probably do. Uh, it is the next story. Actually, there's a Supreme Court story that's the next story. But uh, what's going on in New York cannabis? Yeah. Nothing. We're frozen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. we don't seem to be able to get out of the way of lawsuits, which is not abnormal. A lot of these seem to be big time self-inflicted, though. Um, right. You know, we've we've right. got regs that just violate black letter law. Uh, for that, you may want to explain to what your viewer, your listeners, what or viewers, what black letter law is, if you'd like. Yeah. What is that? Oh yeah, we can we can do that, man. Come on, we'll uh, we'll both go. I don't know what it is. Hence... Yeah. So okay, we well. Go ahead, Tom. Administrators are not allowed to create laws, just like judges are not allowed to create laws. That's the legislature's job. If you remember seventh grade civics, and it, it might was not seventh, be seventh grade, grade yes. material. 100%. Is that is separation of powers and, and federalism? Was that seventh grade civics? If it is, cool. Uh, yeah. The regulators uh, are much past seventh grade. They're all in their thirties and forties. They, uh, they must've forgotten it. And, and they were making law from the regulations and enforcing it. And somebody called them out and said, Hey, regulators, I've been reading the law. Uh, I can't find anywhere where it says you can do this. Wow. And so far they've been right. Yeah. So we had the Verisite lawsuit. That was the first one. That was a federal case. Uh, because it turned on the dormant commerce clause and that case was settled that never went to trial on the merits um you had a michigan gentleman who uh said you can't make the conviction requirement a new york conviction much like up in maine um in the mm -hmm. first circuit maine had a residency requirement for their medical cannabis licenses the district court up in maine and the first circuit court of appeal said you're right you can't have a residency requirement for medical cannabis licenses so they got rid of it uh, New York didn't quite go that far. They said you had to have a state conviction and a New York conviction. So a guy in Michigan sued with everything but the New York conviction. He apparently had a Michigan conviction, said Dormant Commerce Clause. Never went to trial on the merits. The, he did get a, a TRO and an injunction. Originally, it was for five regions of the state, the five regions he had in his application. We originally couldn't give out licenses. They narrowed it to the one region that was his number one choice because the regulator said you can only get your number one choice. Mm. Hint, hint, after the, after the lawsuit was settled, they went back and said, oh, well, you, could, you can move along the five, within the five. We can put you in a different one of the five regions um, that you picked. Anyway, wow. they settled that one. So that never got decided on the merits. So we don't know in the Second Circuit whether or not the Dormant Commerce Clause is violated by these residency, residency requirements. Uh, just real quick, it just so happens that while we have the first circuit on the record saying dormant commerce clause, we have the second circuit looking like it was gonna say dormant commerce clause. There is a case out in the ninth circuit where the district court said dormant commerce clause, that's not a problem here. So it's oh, gonna be shit. very interesting when that goes up to the ninth circuit. If uh, they say the same thing, then we'll have two different circuit courts taking the same fact pattern and coming up with different decisions and we all know what happens when you do that so again one of the things one of my goals for opening the dispensary in illinois is to have a separate allocation account where everything is 
perfect. Like, you know, you set it up according to IRC 280E, but instead of paying the taxes, you just put it into an interest-bearing account if possible. And then that's the problem with if possible. I'm not sure if I'll be able to swing that deal, but that money can go to lawyers. And so there is a case that we were going to talk about prior to you coming in. We can cover it here after this, but um, it would probably be a better use of those funds to fight the constitutionality of the current federal commercial regulation of marijuana as a schedule one substance as to the completely absurd batshit real regulation of it now and so like revisit rates from 2005 and be like there is no comprehensive federal policy it's it's arbitrary it's it, they will enforce it when they want to and yeah. not when they want it, it, so it's in it's it's all cap- capris and so you know if if think of safe banking passes or if the you know these these lawsuits with it's based on the dormant commerce clause and so like you're not allowed to upset interstate commerce and still it's still based on the same principle that the the rage case was that you're not allowed to upset this interstate commerce whether you're growing your own wheat or your own weed in your own state but then if that state is discriminating against another state they are not allowed to do that either. And so they're using the dormant commerce clause to allow borders to go away. So it is an interstate commercial enterprise. And and the, the feds are not doing anything. Like to, I think Justice Thomas said, retreated from their once comprehensive policy. I got a question for you guys though. When you guys talked about the circuit courts, is that state or federal? I, federal. I, I, that's federal though. Yeah. Yeah, but then, but states a, also have circuit courts, which is a little interesting. Well, my state does. I'm not sure if New York state, state. Our state does not. We call the appellate courts departments. Oh, wow. Okay. It's appellate court, appellate of the Supreme Court, third department, for example, is where I've got a bunch of appeals coming up. Wow. Their site though is settled. So the lawsuits we currently have now, there were two. One was by ROs, what we call the medical operators. Okay. Um, they sued saying, let us into the market, open up the market quicker, but they did not ask for a TRO or an injunction. And then uh, we've had a second lawsuit by disabled veterans because disabled veterans are specifically itemized in the law as an equity class or a priority class in the regs as we, when we get to the regs. And they're saying, this card program that you created, yes, there's a priority class that is conviction and low income and lived in a community disproportionately impacted. But what the regulator did with card is they took one of those three prongs, the conviction, and instead paired it with operating a business profitably for two years. And so the veterans said, you can't do that. As, as Tom said very eloquently early on, you, you just tried to make law, right? The law said conviction, low income, community disproportionately impacted. The law had these other groups, distressed farmers, disabled veterans, et cetera, et cetera. And you picked one prong of one of the priorities, added another prong to it, and then basically created your own rule. A couple other problems that we have. We do have two other conditional licenses in New York, a conditional cultivator and a conditional processor. Those were both created by the legislature, therefore their laws. The conditional cultivator one, which is where we have the problem with these lawsuits, as we've been discussing, is a regulation created by the regulator in lieu of the legislature. So you kind of look at it like we've got these three conditional licenses. Two of them are laws created by the legislature. Why isn't this third one? Right. So um, and then four, you want even an additional problem in the enumerated powers of the Cannabis Control Board, which is our, you know, the executive. We have the Office of Cannabis Management, which is the 
regulatory enforcement entity. The, the CCB is the executive. In the, in the law, it says in their enumerated powers, you can't, it, it doesn't say they can create any licenses that they want. It says you can determine when they open and how it's going to work and what the application looks like. But oh, by the way, the first retail dispensary application period has to open to everyone at the same time. And in the legal profession, we have this great word constructive or constructively. And to give you the example of what that means is, let's say the pipes burst in your apartment building and it completely floods all the unit and, and you're flooded out for a month. Well, the landlord didn't evict you, but he has constructively evicted you. That is the way we would talk about in the legal profession. Wow. He didn't go to court and file things, but effectively that's what he's done. The, your, your place is flooded, they haven't fixed it and you can't live there. So he's constructively evicted you. So huh. one of the arguments the regulator has is, oh, the application was open to everybody. Anybody could have applied. But the reality was, is if you didn't have a conviction in the two-year profitable business, there was no way you could get a license. So I would argue constructively, the application was not open to everyone. Damn, so that was black letter law. We're now going to get back to what black letter law. But I've now itemized you like all the problems they had. And there were ways they could have tiptoed around this. You could have opened the application, everyone at the same time, said the most anybody can get on the application is 100 points. And by the way, if you've got a conviction and operated a business properly for two years, we're going to give you 1,000 points, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was open for everybody at the same time. Everybody was able to apply. We're reviewing all of them. And maybe they gave the disabled veterans in that and, and, and category 1,000 points. My point is, is there were ways to do this that we're not as susceptible to this kind of challenge. Oh, sure. Right? Oh, yeah. And that, that is really, really you know kind of the problem you, here. Go ahead. Do you know how Mickey and I won a, a, a dispensary in Illinois? Tell uh, me. Years after they did all this kerfluffle. And so, like, uh, they screw it up when they first get the stuff open, right? They just do. And then they they get sued a lot yeah. for it years. It was like two years. We were finding two out. years to fix it, right? Damn. Uh, three. Yeah. And so, like, three. they passed it in 19. They did their first round in, like, October. It was quick. And so, like, our law was interesting in the sense when I read your guys' law, the MRTA, ours was the CERTA, because they just, the marijuana versus cannabis basically the only change and so uh they built in a lot of the regulations for the dispensaries so that they could pass it and then do the dispensary round that fall so it made the regulator's job way easier because it's like no you have to follow the law that's what the, and then you can make rules and so um they, they got that one done and then they got the grows done about like four months thereafter and then COVID, and then the lawsuit started flying after that because they changed the rules during the application process. It was gonna be merit-based for the dispensaries and it required an extensive application, like 350 pages. And so then what they did was they said, oh crap, we're getting too many applications. They passed emergency rules during the application process that tipped a lot of people off. And then they just, they, just, they bought 75 tickets or uh, one bought 935. Very Good interesting number. guy. And so, yeah. And so then uh, they were able to uh, have this huge lawsuit that awarded several licenses and they got the next round thereafter. And then they changed all the definitions to drop the dormant commerce clause argument from being anything and also drop the challenge to um, uh, not just the dormant commerce clause, but uh, incorrect scoring. So you just had to prove eligibility. Miggy and I have to prove eligibility by tomorrow. We already have, according to everything that I know that they, they've requested. 
but they made it be eligible. And so if you're super social equity anywhere in the United States, you can apply to be a 51% ownership or control of the application. And, and so if you hit, you, um, you win. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. You can't restructure ownership until after it's operational and you can only have one application. So, well, and also with their process, I I find it funny too, that Tom is kind of caught by surprise because they opened the gates. They said, okay, here are your licenses, 55 and you win. Sweet, figured all the process. Tom's like, they haven't asked for this other stuff that they asked for the first time. You know, it's like the regulators are really trying to figure out like what is important. Right. Like I guess no, the regulators know. And so like uh-huh. if you're going to have think about the recall that just happened in Missouri. And so like you need oh. to have plans for recall. And so like when I even look at the, the statute in New York and they ask for what it's going to be in the application, I'm like, well, where's the where's the goods? Where's like your SOPs for here's recall, here's inventory, here's like, you know, operations management stuff that you see like New Jersey had it. Michigan has it. Illinois has it. Fuck, New Mexico even has it. They just don't ask for it. You know, like uh, that's the type of stuff that I'm I'm wondering, uh, how do I put that together for a New York application? But maybe we'll find out in the future. Jeff, Jeff is going to work on us. Yeah. Uh, I'm oh, here. There he is. Ah. All right. It, but so now we have a new news story, right? Hasn't some judge released 25 card? Uh, All right. So licenses? this is, these are the state lawsuits. Remember how I said Verisite, okay. the federal mm-hmm. lawsuit. Let me turn up here. Hold on a sec. Let me. Yeah, turn on a light here so you guys can actually see me. Brown chicken, brown, brown. Yep. No, it won't be a red light. <laughs> but this whole process, though. So, Tom, you know how you're talking about like the, you know, this. I mean, Tom's been doing this for years from the beginning of this regulation. With uh, Washington's now in the tenth, eleventh year. So, like, I think Colorado. the ignorance of uh, the like plan itself has actually gone to overregulation, right? But it's like a liquor store. Does a liquor store require all this when you open up? You know, they, they don't, there's no agency that wants my security plans and all the other BS, right? Yeah, we've been, doing, Go ahead. we've been doing liquor for 80 years though, my friend. Maybe Oh, I know, years. but like. Oh, it's just when, when, when in 2070, you're not going to deal with any of this. Maybe I'll be right. alive. I hope so. I'll be 100. But, I'm sure uh, you'd still have to have a recall policy. Yeah, I think I mean, the security plans will become more lax as it becomes yes. more of All just of like this. selling liquor. And so like, well, that's the cannabis isn't alcohol. Like alcohol, no. if you have a beer, that's heavy. That weighs like about a pound. Like to, to try to walk out with the same dollar amount of beer versus cannabis, it is way easier to walk out with a big haul of cannabis, thousands of dollars versus beer. Cause like, it's just a different product, you know? And, and so I do think that there'll still be security. Like you'd have security for a bank or for like a jewelry well, store or a pawn shop or something. I'll simply say that oh, sure. until it's, that's until it's 50 cents a gram. Right. But so like when we had Vivian McPeak on who, who founded Hemp Fest, one of the things he mentioned, I find brilliant is the consumer is just looking for parity. But I think the business also wants parity, right? Like that's what helps the consumer if, because it will be broccoli cannabis, right? There's no reason why I'm not trying to grow broccoli myself. I go to the store and buy it, right? And, you know, or, or burgers. People, Americans are lazy. People are lazy. lazy. I, I want cannabis ads during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Parity. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, so, I mean, can we get Clydesdales though? Like Clydesdales has nothing to do with beer. It's I nothing. think it'll probably so, be like, a mule. What do we, 
Oh, oh, we don't yeah. want a mule. It needs to be a majestic, amazing animal, like, like a stallion, cannabis puma, you know. And it's just like the sleek cannabis puma, and it just delivers weed. Uh, like uh, they used it for Joe Camel. They turned camels into making cigarettes. That makes more sense. But then you have a give a horse that delivers you beer, and you're like, this is fine. This is fine. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, it's it's the the Budweiser Clydesdales. It's literally a thing. Yeah. Correct. Correct. But hey, we do have a different story that we can get to. Uh, that's this one. And then this one is a cannabis retailer has been denied their citizenship. This is out of cannabis business executives. Uh, let me just, this is me being uh, slightly, there you go. This no, is no. embarrassing because it's from my state, dude. Well, like, it, it's not, it has to do with the incoherent and episodic enforcement of the federal policies. And so like this one has to do with immigration. And so the, the TLDR version of this story is you cannot be granted citizenship and say that you're violating the Controlled Substances Act. And that's what this person does because they have mm. a, a cannabis uh, dispensary. And so like they're going to this is Alicia Mosh from Holly Troxel. They are going to also ask the Supreme Court to revisit the Rage case, which I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, is this going to be able to pass the rational basis test, which, of course, if you're joining us and not an attorney, welcome. Uh, <laughs> The rational basis test for constitutionality of a federal law says that provided that a law has a any conceivable rational basis related to its legitimate government ends, that's it. It's constitutional. And who is finding those rational basis and facts? Congress. That's right. You should be terrified. Um, I'm but terrified. I don't know. I would be. I mean, like considering the facts and some of the some of the worlds that those members of Congress live in. They just don't even get like what happens with actual people. It just, you, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, so that's, 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 that's it. And so like, are we going to see uh, unconstitutionality declared by the Supreme Court? Or do you think they'll just not take the case? It just, isn't it weird though, that they seem to be blocking like small time people, right? Because we already know that there's like out of country money involved, right? And we're talking large drops, oligarchy slash china whatever but like chad here in the comments he's like a, a uk friend was going to help him with immigration immigration next it right like these are small-time players like hey you know you're going to give this guy a chance to have uh the generational wealth thing but yet it, no because you're small you can't contest it but hey you got a hundred million in your pocket and you kill people yeah come on over like doesn't it seem that the whole process see the the way we go about this is all effed up anyways. Like, you know, until we it's get that laws. laws are always going to be effed up, man. Yeah. But, you know, we didn't talk about the 25 cards, though. Uh, from New I, York. We can come back to that. I apologize. You know, no, I, I love I love how you guys hyperlink. I do this a lot. Like when I'm talking with people, we'll be talking about something in a media. I'll go somewhere else. I'm like, how do we even get here? And I love that you guys do this. So I love it. So the yeah. issue with the 25 cards. So remember, Verisite settled. Two new lawsuits, ROs, the medical guys, disabled veterans sued over the state law parts. Remember, Verisite was dormant commerce clause. The state laws are the ones that I mentioned before. I had to open the application, everybody, at the same time. And you're not really following the priority classes. You're just making up whatever you want to do. So they sued. The judge said, yeah, you're kind of right. So let's give a TRO. And then they had another hearing and say, yeah, you're still right. Let's do an injunction. 
Um, but the Judd clearly, you know, we're way along in the card thing, right? So like there's 20 plus open stores or temporary, temporary delivery places. There's 463 licenses out there. And Tom, as you well know, economic damages are not irreparable harm, but taking a license back from somebody certainly is. So I don't think anybody wants to contemplate that. Certainly not the judge, although he may have to go there eventually. We can unpack that in a minute. But so the judge said, hey... This is all a real big problem, but I get this card thing is already out there. I'm King Solomon, and like King Solomon, I'm going to split the baby. I may give 70% of the baby to Carmine and the disabled veterans, but I'm still going to split the baby. So Carmine, or, or so first, I am going to do an injunction. We're on hold for a while here. No more cards. As a general rule, wow. if you're not open, you can't get open. However... I'm splitting the baby. So Carmine, you're not getting card is unconstitutional. We may find out later at trial card is unconstitutional, and then we have a big problem. But at least for now, mm. I'm going to let the stores that are open stay open. And for the people that were really, really ready, so I got some buddies of mine that were up on Dipmars Avenue, which is up in Queens, Astoria. Like, literally, I think their inspection, which was the last thing they have to do to then open, would have been the day of that hearing. Oh, shit. But obviously, it got postponed because there was a TRO at that time and then an eventually an injunction. So the judge said, okay, you that were just about to open, that are really going to be harmed in every way if we don't let you open, I'm going to let some of you through. So OCM, that's our regulator, go come up with a list of the people that had done everything by August 7th, which was the date of the lawsuit. And everything but inspection, like everything but open, right? And we're gonna we're gonna let those few through. So they came up with a list of 30. They said at, initially they said 23, I believe, are okay. Some of the others, I think, were delivery only, and they said if they're delivery only, let them stay delivery only. Don't let them open for retail. Mm. And then there's another couple where they said there's something wrong with the location, like it's too close to this or too close to that. And uh, I won't tell you how I know, but I know they're, what they said in their brief is wrong. Um, and it's, it's not, they're not bad guys. They're not lying. It's just that I can tell you for a fact, for example, on the application, you got to put a mailing address and what your actual dispensary address would be. Sure. And in ex at least one case, and again, I won't tell you how I know, the address that the plaintiff is saying is a no bueno address is the mailing address, not the actual address of the dispensary. So OCM will go back and say, hey, that address is a mailing address. This is the actual address of that license. Therefore, it's not a problem. Let them go too. Okay. So assuming all those maybe 30 and maybe the ones that are temporary delivery, they only get to be delivery. They don't get to open their store. However, at 11.35 p.m. the night before the Friday hearing, the plaintiffs did another filing and, and some people got out early and said all of this. The news got out early about, oh, so many mm -hmm. 30 or 23 going to get open. And what do we lawyers know? You always wait for, what is it, Tom? The signed judge's order. Until that judge has signed an order and slapped it up on that website, it ain't, oh. it ain't real, bruh. It ain't real. And so, so the news started publishing this. And then late at night on Thursday, the plaintiff said, you know... We found this thing in your own defendant's filing, the OCM, where you said maybe everybody, and I don't remember exactly what the problem is, but they're spot on. And like, I don't know how OCM let this get into a filing, but like, if I'm the plaintiff's attorney and I saw this, I would be like, whoa, freeze everything. Because yeah. what it was basically is 
maybe everybody on their list wasn't ready. And look, I got more cards as an attorney than anybody. So I want them through and like, just you can't keep screwing up like this, right? So they filed uh -huh. at 1135. Hey, if it's maybe, then we're not going to take you at your word. We want to see the data on all 30. Give us everything. Like, show us all their addresses and all their filings and everything. Like, we now really want to see all 30. So I don't know what the judge is going to do. Oh, this, this is I mean, what I would do. And go, ahead, still, go ahead, Tom. How many do you represent? 500? It's like right now, I could, again, like I yeah. have experience in settling large disputes of hundreds of litigants that are yeah. fighting over the same aspect that you're fighting over. Yeah, well, hold and, on. The, I don't think the, so two things on that yeah. fight. I, I, I totally know that you are a bad motherfucker, and I know you're going to bleep that, but I like to cuss. When it comes yeah. to these types of, that, into, into what you do and, and exactly what you said, like parties, litigation, settling, you are the man. So I'm not questioning that you could probably do better than anybody else on planet Earth. No, I, you I'm, also saying, like, I'm trying on, to put it on. out there into the yeah. universe so it I, happens. That's I, it, you know? I feel yeah. you. <laughs> I'm just saying, here's the problem there. Remember, in Verisite, Michigan yeah. dude had a long road to hoe to get a license. So getting a license in a settlement was a big deal to him. Mm, Remember, right. two things here. The guys that are settling as the plaintiffs are all disabled veterans. They are third in the priority scheme in the law. And mm -hmm. to be doing this legal stuff, there's, you know, rumors who they're backfiring, what's going on. I'm not going to speculate or any of that. Clearly, they have financing if they're able to do these lawsuits. Mm. I think they're getting licenses anyway. Okay. So saying, here's a license, I don't think they would take that. And I certainly don't think their backers would take that. So I just... So, I, so you think I don't they know need a limited a, market? You I'm need to sorry? take licenses away? So like you're saying you need a limited market, you need to take licenses away from the ones that have been issued? or No, or, no, no, um, no, it's not that. It's just that I don't, Michigan dude that settled Verisite was not getting a license anytime soon. Maybe he was going to get a license next year, but maybe not, right? The, the disabled veterans that are suing now, the, the the ones that asked for the TRO and the injunction, got to remember the ROs sued but didn't ask mm -hmm. for TRO and injunction. They're now all together, same judge. Because for those of you that aren't lawyers, when you got a bunch of different cases that turn on the same issues, you like one judge to deal with it. You don't like right. ten different mm -hmm. judges trying to learn. It's consolidation. Yeah. Yeah. So there like, you go, yeah. consolidated. Exactly. When do so your clients have standing to plead into this case? Can we already get them like to so, plead in so you have so, a super case? A bunch tried to intervene and were denied because the judge said, I have a process. Give me your paperwork. What would you do with me anyway? Each of you 463 would give me your paperwork 463 different ways, right? I mean, effectively, yeah. that's what you do. You would say to the judge 463 different ways. Here's why we should get one. The most fundamental things you can give to the judge are the data. Do you uh, Are you approved? You know, did OCM approve you? which is the 30 or is the ones they want to let through or actually the ones that are, excuse me, those are the ones that are open. The, the 30 are all but approved. Beyond that, it's how close are you to opening? How much money have you spent? Is your store ready? Are you 90% built out? Are you 50% built out? Are you, t where are you? Just all of this, right? Right. And so the judge would rather not get 463 different looking versions of that, right? So if he basically is working with OCM, they're going to narrow it down and they've already sent out the spreadsheet for everybody to fill out. Mm. And you can also get a narrative like you could write a document, you know, a brief document of your woes. Right. But that's what the judge cares about, that data. And so he's like, I've got a process. We're going to work with OCM. 
You're going to submit it. OCM is going to swear on it. Oi, bay. Um, and denied to the everybody that wants to intervene because he just doesn't want that yet. Mm. Where I do think it eventually becomes... And this is purely about injunction and letting people through the injunction. When we get to the later trial and the uh. trial on the merits, do I do think people will be able to intervene? Especially if OCM isn't arguing things that we want them to argue, right? So, I mean, mm. I, remember, you we're guys not even... have, You're just at the injunction phase and not yeah, even just, at the, like, we're cutting up the monkey. Correct. We're splitting. We're not like, doing the Solomon phase yet. Li- yeah. Literally, yeah. at Friday's... It wasn't even a hearing, just conclave. At, at the thing that happened Friday, <laughs> it was basically, let's start talking about discovery. A few rulings of these things, the 30 and yes or no and maybe and who knows. We're going to come back here on September 15th. We're going to start talking about discovery start sending me your motion i mean you know let's get cooking right and while that's cooking i can walk this is the i'm speaking as the judge and i i like him i think he's being pretty fair mm. i can walk and chew gum at the same time at the same time as we're going to prepare for trial i'm going to let somebody i'm solomon and it's not 100 percent disabled veterans it's 70 30 or actually it's eight i'm an 80 20 guy if i don't know it's 80 20 i just have to fig- figure out which mm. of you i give 80 and which of you i give 22. Sure. in this no, case what, it's wait, easy wait. hold on hold on well, in this case it's well, easy like, uh, 80. I don't, uh, go ahead go ahead uh, what percentage of the population is veteran and then if you give them that percentage, they are equitably represented because you have reserved exactly how many are in the general a, population. Yeah, yeah. So here's the problem. I don't think that works because they are specifically prioritized. It's not that we're going to give them in proportion to the population. It's that we're going to give them priority in getting them, period. Right? But does it, you guys, you guys, can, equal protection? you guys can debate the process no, 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 either way. Before but Before ask, let me finish out, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Are we done? Are these the only lawsuits we're going to have in New York? Yes, no. Of course not. No. Okay. Well, since the judge is saying. Together. There's just tons of lawsuits. Yeah. So, just but real it... quick, who's okay. not itemized in the regs? I already told you the conviction and low income and community most impact. And I told you mm-hmm. distressed farmers and disabled yeah. veterans. Who's in the law that is not specifically itemized in the regs? Minority-owned businesses and woman-owned businesses. Do you think they're not about to sue? Okay, mm. Jamie, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm just going to say that since this comes down to one judge, I mean, and yes. this is the worst part of the whole process, see, where we all want to be like everything's – because you can argue everything to the day's end. But in the end, it comes down to the one man's opinion and one man's process. If he says he has a process, he's consistent with it. That's how it goes. That's how the law will flow. But That's if he shows biasness – uh, That's what we have judges for, by the right, way. Right, but if he shows any bias, it's like, as long as he says he does it one certain way, like what he weighed yeah. in and whatnot, then yeah. it, we can argue no matter what that it's wrong. But the the, the thing is, though, so you, he did the half thing, but it's paperwork, right? It's so 80-20. It, it's 80-20. 80 to the, the veterans, 20 to the OCM okay. in the cards. Yes, go ahead, 80-20. Go ahead. But the deadline part, right? That was his uh, thing as far as, like, I'm going to look at this. If you filed early... I look at your paperwork, right? That was so you had to have. So, the, uh, the when you file a lawsuit matters, right? Oh. Like that, that oh. that drops a hammer and a stake. No, uh, that drops a hammer on a stake in time. And if a judge is going to rule on stuff, there's lots of dates he can do it on. When you sign the contract, when you moved mm. in, 
when you moved out, date of separation for all you divorcees, right? I mean, there's this things in the legal system where we take a big hammer and we drive a stake in. And for this lawsuit, one of them is when the veterans sued, right? When did they do their thing? Okay. And so that's why who did stuff before and who did stuff after him. And he even says in his injunction, right? So he even says to the OCM, like, why did you keep doing this when you were on notice from the RO lawsuit that you might have a problem? And so you could then say to cards, if people kept spending money after August 7th, after the TRO or whenever the TRO got issued, it's yeah. like, that's on you, bro. I've, I'm a judge and I gave a TRO. You should have paid yeah. attention to that. And if Typically, you spend money in, in after the loan that, documents go ahead that we push, the, in yeah. the loan documents we push, that might have even been a default. How about that? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. So he did. So like for the people who are qualified or how he split the baby though yeah how he did he use as deciding factor the time frame they he hasn't even paperwork? split the baby yet he's oh, just right. remember walking and chewing gum he's just beginning to chop up the baby you remember the beatles Ooh. album where they oh, couldn't really recover because it had all the dolls hanging on them with doctor's jackets look it's the most valuable beatles album cover you can google this right now and i think it was yesterday and today was the name of the album in the release in the u.s they had to change the cover because that's what the judge is doing the judge is chopping up the baby right. and he's saying okay i am not going to find card unconstitutional by law right now we're going to have a trial sometime later so carmine you don't get everything you're asking for which is card goes away mm. I'm also not going to let card keep getting processed while we figure out what is going on here. I'm going to pause you and we're going to figure out what's going on. However, I mean, and this is why I do. And, and, and people that watch this litigators that I know in York is I can't believe how quickly this judge is moving. Right. And mm -hmm. Tom will know this very well. Like normally it should have taken him a while to do all of these things. He's done very quick. Not that I think they're wrong. It's just usually it takes longer. He's really mm -hmm. getting to, People are really going to get hurt based on what I decide here. And I'm going to try to not hurt as many people. Some people are going to get hurt. Yep. Yeah. You OCM fucked this up by giving 463 <laughs> people licenses. Somebody's getting hurt. I'm going to do my best to have it be as few people as possible. So that's his baby that he's taking away from Carmine. That I'm not going to get rid of everybody. Everybody that's open is good. And we're going to figure out these others. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm real. You know me. I love to talk. So just go ahead. But they, I think there's a conditional process coming up. I think he's going to a, order a conditional process. Case by case is what the judges called it. Case by yeah. case. And, and I, I can tell I you would, what. what I, I would get he's like. Said, Ruben, go ahead. Yeah. And so like I would put it all into something where you're just because you're trying to get all these parties to settle. Not now, but as they start to come in just, after just, the just, thing gets right for them to like, you know, actually have their day in court. Then you're going to have to have a blessings of like how many litigators possibly 400, 500 of them, because like, if are they all get will not, they're not all going to sue, but the vast majority of them are going to sue. Right. I mean, how many are through that wicket 30, 30 out of 400 and X. And so like you have to make it. Oh, yeah. And, and then if you can have that process be built into the actual licensing system so they get through it but then it comes down to are you guys going to do a limited market state or are you going to do an open market state you're going to do like a new jersey style where they can get in and they can get like stuck in conditional hell where they yeah. just are like moses in the desert wandering until they we're, get money and they're using crap Damn. we're about to do that so there was a discussion but not the way new jersey has and with much more of an open gate so uh we are not a limited license state. The OCM has said, and CCB have said very clearly, we are going to meet the needs of the market, right? And we'll see what that means, but 
We're going to watch the market. And like, if there are still lines, I mean, just the way I can describe it. And I'm just, if, if you were rational from what they've said, if there are lines out the door in the dispensaries in Buffalo, we're going to give more retail dispensary licenses in Buffalo. If we hear Until from the, the retail dispensary in Buffalo goes, I love what you're doing over there yeah. in Albany. How yeah. much? Yeah. Another zero? You're going to yeah. support what? Okay. You know. I, I feel you. They do have to report. I mean, yes, there's, I, I just, yes. What? I, 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 sorry, Miggy, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Oh, hold what? on. Not, let, me, let me just finish it's that. Just not, yes, not, money would, would be in, involved in Canada. Not an open license state. I mean, excuse me, not a not a limited license state. So they're going to try to meet um, the needs of the market. That was that. That's basically what they've said. Sure. Um, go ahead. So go ahead, Mickey. Well, no, just this needs of the market thing. This is a consistent uh, argument for limiting things. Like, why? I, why I don't. Even? Well, that's uh, yes, but you know, Connecticut says seventy-five licenses or whatever their number is, right? That's yeah, different. Yeah. Illinois says yeah. five hundred. Now, with Connecticut saying seventy-five, that's way too low. So you take the number of your population, you divide it by twenty-five thousand. That's your number. So New York City, it's higher, but anyway, we, we, we can talk about that later. And but uh, you're right for the rest of New York. New York City, it's higher. But anyway, do you guys um, have limited license for alcohol? Not really. Yes, no. you can be denied a liquor license routinely. I mean, that's not and a so limited like, license. Limited licenses are going to be a hundred liquor stores in the state. True. Denied well, is there's some denied is there's a process that to that. what's that. Yeah. I bet there's some people selling liquor that would be like, that would be pretty sweet. A hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> the the hundred love it, of course. Yeah. But no, we, well, we're like, not I, that. I, I, I'm kind of feeling that way when we look at our map in Illinois and I'm like, all right, that, that, that would be our footprint. And there's no other stores. Yeah. And that's built into the law. Yeah. I think we're going to make our money back. Yeah. You'll make some money. Well, you'll make some money back, but then like, yeah. If you're going to be in New York or if you're going to be in New Jersey right now, you're going to make some money because like nobody opted in. But um, New Mexico is harder to make money. You have mm -hmm. to. It's or Michigan. Like you're going to need to be ready compete. to ball in, in you New compete. York. I mean, yeah, Capitalism. you're going to need some cash. How about that? You're going to need to lose money to push down the price to yeah. push little minor guys out of the way, you know? or bankrupt them as they used to say. just to just to finish off your question about uh, or the point about how new york is a little bit going to look like other places uh particularly vermont which i like uh, we had julie holbert on and she was talking about this because vermont did this the idea of a preliminary license so like everything but mm -hmm. real estate like if you're and, and i know what you said about little guy in new york we're going to try to limit it to three dispensaries and then we can debate that all we want but if you're not a huge player and you want to pl try to play and you want a landlord to be serious about you, what's the way to do it? Or you want a potential investor to be serious about you, what's the way to do it? The state gives you a preliminary license. You've gone through some threshold where the state has said, okay, you're not just some Tom, Dick, or Harry. No offense, Tom. But you're not some Tom, Whatever. Dick, or Harry. I'm, my name is so generic, it is a yeah. phrase. <laughs> there you go. The Tom, Dick, you're not some Tom, Dick, or Harry that does nothing. You've actually gone through some gauntlet with the state however low the barrier may be and i don't know what their barrier will be to the preliminary but we've given you this preliminary thing your next step is to go find real estate and get a landlord that says he will lease to you and then we'll talk to you about next steps right and so mm -hmm. that is something new york is now allowing it, it came into the regs um during their reg got, process it's so crazy our eligibility for our win in the lottery and then we have a conditional 
And then so what I don't know yet about Illinois, because they haven't done it before like this, is where in that conditional to operational process do I have to give them the 350 page operating manual for the dispensary? Yeah. Or do I just have to check the box and say it says that I have it? You know, well, uh, that's, that, that's a big question for us, too. And, and, yeah. and yeah. if I had to bet, you would have to give some of it, not all of it. How about that? Solomon yeah. again, right? We'll split the baby. Yeah. Only 120. Well, I think we're still going to have to give because it's built into the statute. It's like the application must include this. They haven't asked for application. They gave us the license before asking for the application. Very fascinating. Yeah. And so, like, it's a conditional Should license. I come sue? So, pardon? You want me to come sue? No. <laughs> no. no. I want to so get operational. I'm just saying, you're possible. saying your guys are just doing whatever they want to, right? Process. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this. Process today, matters, bro. What's an easier thing to do about is you didn't follow the process. The state grant to the fourth of the branch, and so yeah. the state grants a lot of trust into the fourth branch after so many times, and then there's like a reporting period. And so, if but New York's not there, like New York's not into that period after they've started issuing licenses, where they've kicked it over to the department and they have authority to take data and make changes to the numbers without going over the threshold of the 500 limit for dispensaries. I mean, the limited market licensing of anything is, if you do it right, a lottery ticket for a small individual, because now there is no real competition except for the ones that are already doing it. And, you know, the barrier, I, th I think. When have we ever market, done it right? Well, free market, man, I saw capitalism out here when uh, in Washington State, when it was medical. We used to have farmers markets. We used to have dab bars and lounges, right? And then you put the regulation in and nobody wants to do that again because now you have a governing body that is watching. We everything. have farmers we have farmers markets here in New York now. Yeah, I heard. Have you been yeah, in they're oh. awesome. I was you know in, for, for those of you that oh. have ever been in New York City, there's a huge place out in Brooklyn near the No Strand stop called Restoration Plaza. And yesterday Restoration Plaza was a cannabis freakout. It was unbelievable. Neat. It looked like there was a huge circus tent. There were concerts and talks. And then the rest of the plaza was people getting high and a bunch of booths from like Union Square Travel Agency who was delivering to the place. Wow. And all, I mean, it was just awesome, right? That's, so they're that's offloading the farmer's crop from last year? or Slowly but surely. Slowly yeah. but surely, yeah. And there's farmer's markets all over the place now. There's places where they're now, uh, we're calling them CGS, Cannabis Grower Showcase. And there's mm -hmm. places now where it's happening like two days a week until the end of the year. I'm going to one. There's a farm upstate called Menards Farm. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. M-I-N-A-R-D-S. It's November 4th. It's going to be upstate. They're expecting like 5,000 people. Ooh, it's going to be incredible. That sounds like a good time. Hey, oh, yeah, bro. Money. No, we'll come by. No, yeah. come. But dude, hey, I've been waiting to meet you. I know you come yeah. to New York City from time to time. Uh, I don't. You and I have I've never, never been. You've never been? <laughs> okay, well, so real time, so maybe, so look, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I've been getting high, so maybe you're one of the people that told me I need to get back, so there you go, yeah. so this yeah. is your excuse, get Miggy to come out too, oh, yeah. sure. Minard Farm. Well, we gotta, we gotta raise some money for uh, our dispensary to get open in a limited market state, so you'll make the money back. Come here but, and find, um, I bet you'll be able to find investors there, I guarantee you there will be people invest there. But let's. This, this is also what I want to find there. Uh, we're going to play some Name That Strain with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's the bumper.
And uh, Jeff, you have slowly morphed into a uh, nugget of cannabis. And that it's is like the a, strain it's of my which cannabis you can There you go. Uh, oh, now, Miggy's uh, beard is now a nugget. And so this is a game that we like to play. It's called Name That Strain. And it's more difficult if you're tuning into the podcast in your cars. But most people's commute is 20 minutes. And so they would have checked out 40 minutes ago. Uh, and uh, that is the cannabis strain of the week to name and i want to get those from new york like i want to see the ones that are at the farmer's market they're like yeah this is a thing in new york I'm like can you take a picture of this nugget and send it to us and we will make an outline of it and create a name that strain from it yeah that's a beauty though i like the uh all red hairs fucking solid nug probably a hand trim probably and um this one is the name of it. And again, it's an indica dominant, uh, kind of an exotic strain. Uh, it, if you don't know its parents, you'll probably guess its name. Uh, it's cross of greased monkey and gas. What do you think the cross of greased monkey and gas would be named if you were gonna name that strain? Sounds like a Beastie Boy song. Greased monkey and gas. Is that indica or sativa? Indica dominant. Indica dominant. So, yeah. Okay. Nope. Oh, you smoked it then, Jeff, huh? You, well, no, it's because you can tell because it's so tight, right? Oh, right. Okay. There it is. Chad Westport to the rescue yeah. with Gas Monkey. That's <laughs> right. And so Gas Monkey, that is what the, the strain is. Leafly describes it as an indica dominant marijuana uh, you know, strain. It's a, it's a hybrid and it's a cultivar still, but its parents were Grease Monkey and Gas. Mm. Um, and I'm assuming it has like that gas fuel. The original breeder of gas monkey is unknown. If you smoked or dabbed it, leave a review, they say. Uh, it's calming. Somebody said monkey balls. That should be a strain. Fuel. That is it. Fuel. Fuel, pine, and lemon. So it should smell like a, a gas monkey. I love gassy weed. Do you have a preference, Jeff? Fun. Citrus. Uh, so, <laughs> I love everything. Mm. Um, what I'm into these days <laughs> is actually buds that are not as compact as that um no. I, I really like being able to break apart individual calyxes and i don't know if that's the plural brax brax that's actually one of the reasons why we call our company what we call it because um so like our dispensary is going to be called brax and then the name of the city and then dispensary for seo purposes but um it's going to be a big red b because I it's easy it. to see one of those yeah i love it so I like yep. flower when those are really distinct. I have a buddy of mine here in New York that makes a really, really gnarly, what we call the experimental sour. It's a sour, but he's really mutated it. And just, I know people usually look at weed that is a little less dense, a lot less dense, frankly, is like being inferior. And the, whoa, that is so not the case here. It's actually what I was mm -hmm. just holding up here. It's this guy nice. right here. I mean, just, I like to handbrake sometimes and with his weed, you can literally just, the they're huge and you can just pop them off and drop them into a little roller. And I love to roll up the joints and then I fucking cram them down with my thing. And it's just, it's a nice tight package of just pure calyxes. And it's just, or bracts. Uh, and again, once again, this is the bract of the cannabis but flower. Is the it not the calyx? That, no, no. The calyx would be the lip at the very top of it where the, the, oh, uh, so the, the stigma comes out. My confusion, when I've looked at it with the pointing at yep. it, that's what I thought it was pointing at. So yeah, it's that whole yep. thing. 
There you go. Right. And so that, that, that the outside of it. And so that if you read Mel Frank, he will call that the Bract. And the Bract is the most uh, concentrated area yes. of the cannabis flower that has yes. the trichomes. And so yes. that's why, like, and it also sounds like a very wholesome name that people just never heard before. And so I'm like, I already got Bract's LLC, but uh, I haven't filed the corporation yet because I'm still like a little bit in disbelief. It's like, we won. Sure, we did. Yeah. We'll file the <laughs> once I get the conditional license. <laughs> I mean, it really is a floating thing being like, a, okay, I'm about to be in the weed business. Like, so this is the weed game. It's fucking boring. It's like I used to yeah. travel with, you know, quarter pounds and, 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 and be the middleman. And that was a little exhilarating. But like this real grown up process of like the plant, what's going to be fun though is finding like suppliers. Like, cause we're opening a store first and then we're going to, you know, have suppliers and, and contracts uh, funneling in. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. No, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of stuff I'll, I'll, I'll share with you. But yeah, those have already yeah. started to come by. Uh, hey, Jeff, thank you so much for tuning in and, and for hanging out with us, you know, for the hour. I want to wrap it up. It was sure. a, a very New York centric really? show. Uh, how see do the, you, can you see how, how people... separate the bracks are? It's just they're very, I don't they know are. if you can see the white dots. It's just really yep. easy to pop out. I just love it. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> Shout out to Colin. So you have a grower then, right? Because like. It's not that I have a grower. I mean, come on, bro. I've been getting high since Reagan. I used to make RSO. We called it the goo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's just, this is, you know, it's. I'm a stoner it's, who happens to be an attorney, not an attorney who decided to get in the cannabis game, right? Oh, right on. Much yeah, like Tom, right? right? Much yeah. like Tom. Uh, well, right? I mean, not not all the lawyers that I know, like, we're, we're taking, um, <laughs> you know, hit breaks between the sessions of the bar exam. But I was, and I passed. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I wanted to thank you. Hey, how do people get in touch yeah. with you, man, that have, that have tuned in? Yeah, so you got my email address right there, info at 420jurist.com. But the way we like to party is like, Tom, you do your thing on every Sunday. I do my thing every Wednesday. So every Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. New York City time, we do Ask Me Anything About Cannabis Legalization in New York on LinkedIn. And everybody's welcome. Tom, we're going to have you on one day. I, I've been on here like two or three times. Why don't you well, come I mean, to New like York, you... come to Menard's Farm. And okay. during that week, you'll come on my show. We'll party. We'll get yeah, high, and we'll, we'll hang out. Go. We'll have a great time. And then yes. the the industry will get to New York one day. And if you yeah. say it's going to be that open, that's great. Then it's just a matter of putting together the right type of rolling, like you know, system where you put them on that conditional or whatever they call it in your guys' uh, jurisdiction basis. That yeah. a preliminary, right? And so then it's conditional, preliminary, you know, and and then you have all the little steps because the vast majority of those people, if they are not adequately capitalized in that type of system, will fall out. And then the people that can actually make it through that still aren't adequately capitalized are gonna have some issues because somebody is gonna come along with a lot of money and be able to sell at a loss. You 100% correct, my friend. Come party with me, I'm waiting. All right, I'll, uh, I'm gonna tune in to Cannabis Legalization News one day when Jeff and I will be partying. Uh, Miggy, you want to say anything to wrap up the show? Nah, just have a great week, and uh, yeah, we'll put some more stuff out later. Ta-ta, everybody. <laughs>